TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get going here for a Friday afternoon. Sans Sue Thomas. She is out for a couple of days. She'll be back on Tuesday, so we will miss her. But guess who is back in the fold this afternoon making a triumphant return after a two-week absence? Jane Dicker, how are you? Better than I deserve. You just rolled in here at the last minute, oh, Jeff Smith. I'm going to start I mean, calling you no, Jeff Smith. He's never on Jeff. time. Now, the problem is, though, is I was here after Barklage, which is not kind of where you want to be. Yeah, David Barklage also here on the panel on my side of the uh, weird-shaped table that really isn't round GOP political strategist. David, how are you this afternoon? Awesome. You're looking – is he looking – he's looking tan, right? So people think I take a lot of vacation and I'm rested and relaxed and everything's easy. Well, okay. and the hair and the They suits. can't stress me. But yeah, it's a tanning I mean, bit. It's not like you're not down in the Caribbean, right? No, I'm 10 minutes on a Friday and Saturday. <laughs> there you go. Well, it's Shake looking good. Bacon. It is looking good. Steve yeah. Butts is here. He looks a little pale, ladies and gentlemen. State representative. We're going to work the rest on of his us have that capital tan. Right, exactly. Yeah, How yeah, are you, I, Steve? I'm good, Mark. I'm really good. He's got his Chiefs hat on today. We're, we're to pumped for, for that. We're very excited. Well, let's play. You were, uh, you're not in the Senate there, um, as you know, Steve. <laughs> and I don't know that you want to be <laughs> in the well, Senate. I, let's play a little highlight from this week. Have you, Did, have you tried me? to contact me? Have you tried to contact me? Senator, no, our, you haven't. Our conversations what have kind of leader for... is that, Senator? Ask all the rest so, of the caucus. Senator, ask the rest of the caucus. We, well, the, ones already, that, the ones Senator, that voted for me over you. Two and a half years ago, two and a half years ago, me you over to you. Senator, you well, were just a bunch of shouting, essentially. That sums up a lot, I think, from this week in the Missouri Senate. Jane, you were you were down there. Steve, yes. I don't know how dialed in the folks in the House were to everything that was happening at the time. But, Jane, let me just start with you. I mean, it's yeah. dysfunction junction for a talk show host. It's not bad material, <laughs> no. this stuff between the Freedom Caucus and the, um, I guess, the they want to call them the rhinos, you know, Caleb Browden. So what is, from your Democrat perspective, Jane, um, well, it's actually good for Democrats. It's actually good for Democrats because what ends up happening is the Democrats team up with the what we call the normal Republicans, regular and, Republicans, and they and they kind of roll the Freedom Caucus. The problem is they've gotten one thing done. They have managed to do the resolution to have the state of the state in a joint session. Other than that, they've accomplished absolutely nothing. So bills finally got well, referred. But, but if we're being no, honest, a lot of this stuff nothing. at this point really wouldn't have happened much anyway. Oh, sure. The, the whole had... process is grinded to a halt. Look, yes. they've been in session for, what, 17 hours, 15 and a half, 16 hours has been taken up by the Freedom no, no, Caucus. We're on our third week. <laughs> we're on our but third... I'm talking about just being in, in gaveled in. That's well, the numbers well, that I Well, because a couple of times the, the the majority floor leader had to adjourn because they weren't getting anywhere. And so, or, or else they have a technical session because they know they haven't resolved anything. Um, I mean, look, it is the beginning of session. Um, the problem is you have the huge issues that are looming, 
and not issues that by themselves could shut down the Senate, like the FRA tax, which is the provider tax for health care. That's a, you know, a four hundred million or four billion dollar issue. Billion. Billion dollar issue. So these guys want to hijack. This is the tax that providers, health care providers put on themselves so they can draw federal dollars down. Okay. So we get more money for health care for our citizens. So it's a bit like it would break the okay, budget. But but Barklage, who who's winning here and is anyone winning? You got the okay. Freedom Caucus folks that are saying, look, it's my way or the highway. We want, you know, these issues to go front and center. Now, they're all running for election in statewide office for the most part. So that's a part of it. You got the uh, the leadership in Sinio Laughlin and Caleb Rodden saying, you guys are just creating chaos here. We can't get any work done. We'd be happy to handle your issues, including initiative petition reform. But we're going to do it with a process. So who's on the right side? You know, I can make a case that both are acting sort of juvenile and, and petty from Caleb Rodden's side, taking away not only a committee chairmanship, but a parking, parking. spot. So your take on I'm this, Mr. Barkley. So Jane actually knows when we took over the Senate first time in 52 years, we specifically let the Democrats keep all their perks and things because we knew that that was sort of a, an, a would create an unnecessary stress Fight. into a body or yeah. stress. But, but, but that doesn't mean what they did is wrong. L- let me propose this. Legislative bodies are, are, are very conflict-oriented. I supported term limits, but what term limits has done is taken away experienced leadership. Mm-hmm. Completely and, agree. And, for a and forcing people yeah, to work with each other. And for a legislative body to work, there are two things. Members should always push rules to try to get what they can because they're not in leadership. Leadership wants to protect uh, the the their their own agendas and things like that, and so there's an equilibrium. And with lack of experienced leaders because of term limits, until the leadership stands and actually fights back in a conflict, you have no reason for the members not to be you know to basically to be, be a circus. And so, to that regard, I would argue the opposite that this conflict is going to end up not in dysfunctioning Senate, but the, it's going to sooner or later, and we're going to know what was right. When you see what happens down the line, and you may not really be able to judge it to a point, but my guess is that that Caleb and leadership are going to push back hard enough that a lot of the members are going to decide where the limits are then, and things will fall in. So and you're arguing this is success. just part of democracy, it essentially. Is. Okay, Steve Butts, okay, your take so on that. This is what I see from... I'm going to agree very much on the point about uh, term limits. It's certainly, yeah. you know, the experience leaves the room. Even if you're the Speaker of the House, I guess, used to be a super powerful position. Now it is for a year, and then you're a lame duck, and, you know, it does all those things. But right now what we're seeing is there's a unique set of personalities, primarily Senator Eigel and Denny Hoskins. They are... They are just obstructionists. They they like to be contrarian, not on policy, not on bills. They just like to shut things down for the sake of shutting them down. That's what they've done. This is not just this three-week period. It's been going on for a few years. It's been years. steadily getting it's worse. It's been no, boiling over the top. And well, you could take personal. Harold Caskey and John Schneider and right. Marvin Singleton right. and, and Senator No. Larry Rohrbach. And I have seen Senate after Ken Senate Jacob. with strong personalities, but— I remember I my you, old buddy Ken the Jacob. Loss, uh, not only just the term limits, but the loss of, because of term limits and so much time since the the term limits have come in, you just don't have any history. No one even knows the fight that happened 
six or eight years ago. We're fighting over legislation that. that that was dismissed years ago so, because people decided it look, was a dumb idea. Even these names, even these names mentioned, I don't know who right. they are. Sorry about that. But I'm yeah. just, just going to say what's going on right now is because we have a couple of people, and maybe there's always been a couple of you know knuckleheads that there, just want to really have to I mean, again, Jane and I go back to to Holden in '04, mm-hmm. I guess. We had Ken Jacob. He's yeah, the first and, right the heck and, out of and, the Republicans. But at that point, the body understood discipline. Leadership understood how to do it. Rules were still uh, and, followed. And, yeah. and a lot of the people had been around where if you pissed off a pro tem, you are going to have very little to do the rest of your career because that pro tem probably wasn't going anywhere. If he did, he was probably the best friends of the guy that took his place. Well, and here's the other problem is, is it used to be a threat that if you act like a fool, you're not going to get any of your legislation passed. Mm-hmm. When people don't care about whether it passes, no. then that takes all the leverage off the table. So, I mean— they want it their way, and and I'm not saying it's wrong, but it does present major problems because, you know, they don't have anything to lose. And never underestimate people who don't have anything. And, and the, the fight is good for them. Now, you're talking about the Freedom Caucus folks. Yes. Yeah. The but, fight but, is but good for them. Give an example of the House. The House is a very much more disciplined structure and more power in the Speaker. Yep. And so he term limits haven't debate. affected it quite as bad. And, and so you don't have the discipline problems in the House to the extent that the Speaker or the Majority Leader can pretty much call it down because the way rules are set up. And I don't think the House is less contentious. I think your personalities in the House, there's 163 of them, and there's a hell of a far range right. there than in the, as in the Senate. But I think it's really structure, term limits, and I'm not apologizing for Republicans, but I think Caleb did the right thing of pushing back to start to establish limits, and we'll see if what he did was right or wrong. I mean, I'm totally fine what with next. what he did because, look, you know, actions have consequences. I'm not sure it's going to change their behavior. But it's let me clear let me ask. Eichel said it's not going to change right. his behavior. And he's, he's made that he's, clear. Well, he yeah. says a lot of things yes, that don't turn out to be, you know, he, again, he's and a politician. And nothing accomplished. And it's not anything negative to him, but he's going he's gonna to bluff whenever so he can. There's been a few things that have been, you know, confusing. And I think to a lot of people in the audience, it's just noise and they hear this year after Most year. Most people but I, don't know or care. Well, th- that might be true. But here, here is an example. I think I can, you know, explain this because the Freedom Caucus wants certain things and they want in them in their order. way. Right. So Holly Thompson Rader, who's a state senator from Southeast Missouri, came on. Now she's running for lieutenant governor. Again, they're all running for something. And mm-hmm. one of the things that was confusing to me in a conversation we had a couple of nights ago is she talked about the demand for the 48-hour period to read the omnibus bills, right? Yes. So that's one of the demands from the Freedom Caucus. Her position is, look, we're when we're, we're doing, we're debating these bills all along. So people have read the bills. And well, they no should need. have. Well, they should have. But then I started thinking to myself, wait a second. Okay, and she made the case— well, if we get to that point and you give people 48 hours, you might not have the votes. Well, I don't know that there's really a problem with that. So that argument on procedure from someone who's on the other side of the Freedom Caucus didn't really make any sense to me. Well, here, I can explain that to you because, look, when when it gets to the Senate, um, you know, when you have 163 people to deal with, you know, you need a little bit more structure. But when you start debating and negotiating— you want to book your deal. I mean, that's what this is about. This is about people coming together and figuring out how to book a deal. If you've got to wait 48 hours to change every little thing, you will never, it will never, well, that's the, what Senate, she said. the Senate I'm going will to, not I'm move. going to disagree on one point. Jane is absolutely correct, except in this case, I would argue it's theater that the Freedom Caucus really doesn't have a set of legislative goals because there is respect mm-hmm. in those bodies. People are going to respect you as a Democrat, me as a Republican, if we, you know, like whether it's abortion, whether it's funding for a project, if there is something substantive. But when you're just looking for theater 
to get attention well, for an election. Well, they're arguing over process. Th- that changes the whole dynamics. There's not really. David, get back on the mic. Though. Make sure yeah. you're on that mic because you. Well, walk and away here's from it. the frustrating part for me. These debates are not about substance. They're about they're they're whining about process, and it's both sides. I, I don't know. I think there's there's some substance there. I, a I think little there are bit. Yeah. There are Look, so here. far this year, there all is the no Republicans substance. they want they all want IP reform. Let's not. I mean, they all want to do that. They want to prevent the abortion from going on the ballot. Let, I mean, let's not hide. And and I don't think there's any disagreement. There's no disagreement that they want to do something on education. Everyone knows what the priorities are. Public safety. Everyone knows what the priorities are. They're arguing over process, and, and, and I don't think the public cares about process. They don't care about your parking space. They don't care about your junk. They care, are you moving stuff forward? And, I, you know. The way I understand it, Caleb wanted to get the governor's appointments just approved. So, Francis Slay, for example. Right, to the for highway the Highway Commission. commission. And, right. you know, basic things like that are held up. Let's get that perfunctory function done. Right. Then let's move on. He's going to refer the bills. It's going to go to committee. They're going to have their hearings. Then they're going to bring it to the floor pretty much similar to the way we do on the House it's side. It's just not moving fast enough. So they they held up and Mark, appointments I, I really for, do four think, day, for four legislative I, days. I know it. You, you think of the Freedom Caucus as these people that have very strong ideological leanings, and maybe they do, but in this debate, as Jane said, they were asking for the same things the rest everybody else wanted, but they were trying to package it as if they wanted it and other people were, didn't want it because it wasn't coming in the order they wanted. Oh, don't misunderstand me. I, I get what they're doing as obstructionists, yeah, but, but you and know there's what, been the pattern there. They've got leverage, and it's like, guys, you got uh, senators are entitled. They're doing what they're entitled to do. So, uh, you know, just to play the other side of this, um, if you can't get four, five, six senators under control, you have a problem. And they know they're in charge because they're the ones determining okay, whether so stuff moves before forward. Before we break down, we're going to talk about all kinds of other stuff here. But I, one final point on this. So where does that leave us for the rest of this session right now? I Almost think it's to the be point rough. where nothing could happen. Nope. I, I mean, I it's disagree. just going to I think it's going to tie things up because the feelings are just too I hard. Too I, rough. I don't. I think I think the feeling the feelings are a lot of bluffing. And I think what it really is going to come down to, Mark, is that leadership is going to push far enough back where that caucus is going to split. There's going to be fewer of them making fewer fights because it becomes less profitable for them to do it. As long as no one's pushing back on them, why would you not, if you're running for governor, try to get headlines every day? Right now they think they're winning. And so at some point I think there will be pushback not just from their colleagues but from the public saying, okay, you've been fighting this whole time, but what have you gotten for it? So I think it's frustrating from this standpoint, and Nick's not here, but Senator Shore's a member of the panel. He's in the Freedom Caucus. Mm -hmm. I think Nick's a serious guy who wants to achieve things. I think he's caught maybe, I don't want to say in the middle here. He came on the air two nights ago, certainly took the side of the Freedom Caucus. He's he's a little bit in the middle. He is a little bit in the middle. I think that some of the members are nuanced. They all didn't get their committees stripped. Hang on. we got much more to talk about, including the president not being able to get words out the last couple of days on campaign stops. That's always fun it's coming up tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone news in order to secure convictions in a court of law it is essential that we conclusively sports clock at four donchich the step back three you bet music you set my world on fire and even podcasts whatever you love hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. New Hampshire is first in the nation. It is not the last in the nation. This race is far from over. This is a great, great state. You know, we won New Hampshire three times now. Three. Well, I suppose that we uh, still have a Republican presidential race, although it's funny, Jane, because if we went back to the audio from the roundtable a year ago, there were plenty of people, including me, that thought we'd have a different race, that it wasn't going to be Trump I and be Biden. Trump. I know some people thought it was going to head this way. We were even on in the fall thinking, you know, something's going to happen. But at this point, nothing is going to happen, right? I mean, she says she's not getting out. I, You know, I don't know that she can get enough together to even make it look like she should keep going. I mean, I, I get that she's not ready to go after one primary. Right. I, I understand I mean, that, I too. That. But you are head in South Carolina. You at least got to have your home You're the political. It's, you it's run over. campaigns. How can you go to South Carolina if you're Nikki Haley and get your butt whipped in your home state? You can't do that. Look, That's on what? February 24th? You've got a month to go here. In history, you could look at John McCain and all kinds of people that started out strong, lost New Hampshire, lost Iowa. Did poorly in the South and came back, you know, later, you know, et cetera. So the point is, you don't you don't quit a campaign Not until the campaign Trump. is over. OK, right. the campaign regard, is over. Can I just declare it over? When she's out of money. Then and it's you're over. hitting 50 or 60 percent in a primary. That doesn't necessarily mean you have it. There's a whole lot of Republicans that aren't voting for Trump. Now, I'm not saying that he's not going to win, but here's what I would declare. The press has always been involved in electing Donald Trump. Not that they mean to get him elected, but they do. And they are declaring him a winner before it is time. She has some races. It could turn around. Maybe not likely, but elections are meant to be run. So I, okay, but they're, they're she's a, still raising money. Look, there's a fair amount of people out there so that were not really uh, very anxious, including the host here, about getting Donald Trump as the nominee again. But the writing is on the wall, and it's pretty hard to deny this. I thought this was interesting, too, and I want your opinion on this, because Dean Phillips, who's running against Biden, probably doesn't have a chance either. But here's what he said the other night. He did something unique. i got to tell you guys, I went to a Donald Trump rally a couple nights ago. Never been to one. Uh, I had an event across the street. I saw the line of people waiting in the cold for hours. And I thought, what the heck? You know, I'm going to be a leader who actually invites people, doesn't condemn them. Met probably 50 Trump people waiting in line. Every single one of them, thoughtful, hospitable, friendly. All of them so frustrated that they feel nobody's listening to them but Donald Trump. A diverse crowd, people who had never been to a Trump event before. My party is completely... Delusional. Well, Jane, your party is completely delusional. We know that. But I want to focus on a couple of, of things. Party. Right. I don't focus on a couple of things there in, because I think this demonization, Jamie Dimon weighed in on this last week, the demonization of everyone who supports Trump, the MAGA, the deplorables, whatever you want to say, that doesn't seem to be a smart strategy for the president. We'll, we'll see where it takes him. But, you know, Dean Phillips is making um, inroads where I think other candidates just simply aren't. So I don't know what your take is on the deplorables or the MAGA stuff, but he goes over and he talks to people who don't feel, this is the most important part of this, I think, they simply don't feel like anyone else in this race, whether it's Republican or Democrat, are representing what they're interested in in this country, whether it's the border, economics, or anything else. This is what happened in 2016. A lot of us overlooked it. Well, I, I look, I do think that Democrats have an issue in the complete inability to understand someone who could be a Trumper. And little do they know, there's probably a lot of people they know that are Trumpers that wouldn't admit it. 
Um, which, you know, so I, I do think that the left is not good at figuring out what he's tapping into um, and not good at, at building a bigger party. I mean, I, I, what I'm afraid of is is my party is making themselves smaller every day, um, being you know more purist, more. You know, you have all these lefties saying, well, I'm not voting for Joe Biden. And you've got these other people saying, what? I mean, so we did this. Vote for Trump? Yeah. So we did this in 16 and you're going to do this again. Like, you know, so. You know, both sides have that have that fringe problem. So don't get me wrong. But I, I think that the left just really can't say they just can't look and say, look, I may not agree with it, but they're tapping into something that we need to understand. Okay, Steve, and we're not understanding. Just look at the border issue. And you guys weren't here last week, but I talked about this L.A. Times survey. Look, 62 percent of right. Democrats, Democrats in California. I, I heard thought this look is at Fetterman. crazy. Look at right. Fetterman. Well, Fetterman's, He's like so. He's our new hero on the right. Are you kidding he, me? He, so if, to the moderates, too. If you, if you spend a disproportionate amount of time on Twitter, for example, you might say, this is how everybody feels. I don't know anybody that right. would support Trump either way. When you're in the real world, all of us, if you're honest and honest with your friends, about 48% of everybody you know is, is yes, going to vote, gonna vote for, for Trump. Trump. That's right. That's the way it's going to be. It's going to be very close, maybe closer than that. By the way, I don't think everyone, you know, those are not people that are all beholden to Trump or in the cult, because I think Correct. there's a lot of people at this point. Well, that you only feel, have a choice between two. Well, that's no, right. Well, you that's do. Exactly but there, right. There is there is a strange, uh, there is a strange phenomenon though about Donald Trump. You know, I spent a lot of time in Crawford County, right there. I am I am amazed every time that somebody that lives down the gravel road that I've been friends with since I'm a teenager, living in a trailer, working their butts off, no pun intended, they just believe Donald Trump understands them more than. Any other politician that they can remember. So, I mean, certainly he tied into something, but I'm like, you're wrong. He doesn't. I mean, it's it's a show. It's an act. But, but it is it. effective, and he is believed. I mean, we've well, you used to say it's a people. show and an act, and I had concerns but about whether Trump or not is he a had. Show and an act. Well, but but he also achieved some things when he was in the White House that other Republican presidents couldn't achieve. I'm not sure I agree with that. Such as look. Well, I, Supreme I, I Court nominees. Look, Supreme Court nominations. Our, our, yeah. Well, yeah, but any Republican could have done that. Economic issues, tax cuts. Are you kidding me? He got a lot of stuff done I that I don't think people thought were possible. I agree with, with Margaret here. I think, though, all our polling shows the, the two Donald Trumps. The Donald Trump that does is heavily supported by independents and by Republicans. The Donald Trump, what he says, is not. Uh, and he puts a target on everything. He he made great improvement in immigration on the wall without a Congress willing to make a decision. But then it put a target on the wall. And the first thing we're going to do as Democrats is tear it down or do everything we can because Donald Trump put it up. And to that extent, the only problem with Donald Trump getting stuff done is he puts such a target on it. Everybody wants to go tear it down as soon as he's out. Well, I mean, this whole let's believe what he does and not what he says. I mean, I do think there's a group of people that believe that. But, I, you know, the bottom line is we're down to two and very likely down to two. And that's, you know, 70, what is it, 70 percent of the population they do not want yeah, this. You know, I've right. been saying that for a long time. And I know so a lot of us have. what does that mean? Does that mean people don't vote? Does yes. that mean? I think that's I, part I do, of it. I well, think that and is so lethargy, I mean, that's a very interesting thing. And um, I don't see people getting any happier 
because they have a crappy choice. And and that's the bad that's the, to me that's the bad position we are in as a country because no matter who wins, it's not getting any better because people are either lethargic and not voting or they're still angry. And one way or the other. Can't you have candidates that you believe in both what they say and what they do? Why it has to be the dichotomy of, you know, the lesser well, we have of low two evils. I, I yeah, don't we do have low it. standards. Hang on, there is a um, verdict in the E. Jean Carroll trial in New York, so we're going to keep on top of that. It has not been announced yet. The other thing is the uh, the president from the past couple of days. Now, look, I mock politicians. I've mocked politicians my entire life. It'd be fun to mock Joe Biden on this, but honestly, every once in a while, I hear things, and I'm like, maybe, maybe we shouldn't be laughing. This was two days in a row, so you decide. We'll teach Donald Trump a, a valuable lesson. Don't Mess with the minimum in America unless you want to get the benefit. Now, in that one, he sounds actually um, flawless compared to the next one. Beer brewed here. It is used to make the brew beer. Oh, Earth Rider, thanks for the Great Lakes. Jane, that's not edited. That That's like the president said that during a stop in Minnesota yesterday. That That is... Right. And, you, and then you the have Donald out. Trump, who doesn't know the difference between oh, Nancy Pelosi and Nikki Haley. That's so there's the a mean, difference okay, between Jane, misspeaking. Look, it, we've all had seniors in our family. And when you're older, a lot of times stress and, and, fatigue, and all those things fatigue. really wears you down. But the point is, is that we need a president that can stand to that. I will argue two things. One, I do think it's a poor taste to make fun of him. But I also think it's worst, worse poor judgment not to address it and to that regard the people that are encouraging him to run again are doing it because they don't know how they can hold the nomination in check to where they can get someone electable and as a result they're keeping a man who clearly is struggling with age issues and out of respect look it's like rudy giuliani rudy giuliani was a great prosecutor great mayor but he's past his prime, and well, he's he also embarrassed crazy. himself. Yeah. Well, Trump, that's the other thing, that. too. I mean, okay, I mean, Trump has he, – he It's has not severe, about Trump. We're talking about I understand, Biden. but you could say the same thing. He's no, mentally no, no, ill. No, you cannot that's, say the same that's thing. That's like comparing look, Ronald Reagan. Look, look, here, said, listen to David Axelrod on this this week, because Axelrod said this the other night after New Hampshire. I have said this many times. I think Joe Biden has done some – really extraordinary things, and that history will shine on those. Uh, he, uh, but his performance is a problem, and that is reflected in the polls. And what, what it translates into is a, an image of weakness. Whether that image is deserved or not, given all that he's dealt with, uh, is a different question. But that is the reality. There is a sense that the world's out of control and he's not in command. And that is what Trump is going straight at. He's not wrong. And then those sound bites from the last couple of days, they, they played that. He said that. Axelrod Axe, said that Tuesday Axe night has before been against this. Biden That's fine, Jane, but one. he's not wrong. That doesn't make him wrong about what he no, said observationally about this president. That Donald Trump has so many flaws from a mental health from also an age standpoint. We can have that I mean, discussion, but, but what bad. you're doing is you're diverting from the core concern of Americans, concerned that they have a leader that is pr- projecting a, a incompetence that is disconcerting and could hurt us internationally as well as at home. Well, and just let's harken That's back to when, you know, Donald Trump would like freaking push leaders out of the way, make a complete joke of himself internationally every time he stepped out of America. I mean, look, guys, let's face it. I mean, these are not the best choices. I mean, Two they're just not. True. Now, there's Two nothing. things are true right. at the same time. Right. That's exactly. the case on that. So I'm not here to deny it. They, Is he's, it troubling? If, yes. you, if you listen to Biden and the sound yeah. bites. 
I, I know sometimes I've seen a couple of videos like the bicycle incident. They doctored that up a little bit. But there's enough examples. I, I've even heard one myself personally that you say, surely something is not 100% here. It's clear to deny it is. And, and look, I'm reality. concerned because you're also hang on, hang on. saying you, Trump you, is out of his mind also right. and brings out the worst in so right. many people. So a lot of people are like, look, he may be. But, you know, I trust Joe Biden to pick staff better than I trust. Uh, Donald Trump too, because Donald Trump will fire you if you don't do something illegal. He wants to be a dictator. Who says that? Like, does a mentally okay. healthy well, you, person you guys, say that? You guys no. talk a mentally about, healthy look, person does not, not say Trump's I'm going to be a struggle. dictator. Trump's going to struggle to build a good team. Biden he never has could. Built he showed he a could. good team. Every Biden good person good left. Team. Let me let me try to be fair here because that's what I do. I'm a fair host, Steve. You know this more than I, anyone. I don't so like the stuff. Look. Yeah. You 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 just said something about Trump. I there some of the folks on Fox and there's Republicans that have gone off on the president this week on a couple of things because he goes into Virginia and he goes the real you know the real governor of Virginia and all of a sudden everyone's like oh he's an election denier too. Okay, it was a joke. I mean there that are things, but me. President Trump says things. The dictator thing. You guys mangle stuff that he says discussion? all the time. I nobody mangled the immunity. Well, the immunity discussion is a legal argument. They're in court over it, Jane. I understand, but he says, oh but, yeah, but as a president, Jane, I can go shoot somebody and. Of Biden, an indictment of Trump is immoral and wrong and I misleading. Disagree. We should adjudicate the two of them independently. There are challenges. I, I agree with Steve. Thank you. Do I think he's perfect? No. But do I trust him to pick a, a decent staff and to make the right decisions? Yes, I do. More than I trust Donald Trump. Donald Trump's well, going to do I picked Joe Biden's good. staff to pick a competent staff. I'm not sure he has. Well, hey. you know what? Okay, and whatever. Then, I it's can, working. We can live with that because we're not going to get well, that. Well, not, I don't know I'm who would go to work for Trump. Because all of Donald's Trump, all of his staff are being indicted or they're being, you know, drug in front of a grand jury. Right, but I'm a little worried today because, you know, I just tweeted this the other day, too. I'm at the MAC on Sunday morning. Guy comes up to me and goes, you know, I'm starting to like that Jane Duker. And my response was, well, there's not really a vaccine for that, sadly. But now today you're turning it around, Jane. Hang in there. One more segment to go. Okay, well, we have the Red State Rebellion going on. Let's go back to the immigration discussion for segment number three of the Reardon Roundtable. You have Texas against the federal government, a bunch of states, including Missouri. Governor Parson finally signed into this or onto this rather yesterday. So there's going to be a showdown. What's going to happen? Jonathan Turley on Fox. I, I don't think anyone can honestly look at the southern border and say that the federal government has fulfilled its pledge. Uh, this is an unprecedented crisis brought about, uh, I believe, by President Biden's policies. So on all that, I agree. The problem is that federal courts are unlikely to agree that this is the invasion referenced in the Constitution. There's also a reference to imminent danger. And certainly looking at hundreds of thousands of people crossing an effectively open border presents an imminent danger. But the courts are likely to define that in the context of that provision, in the context of an invasion by a, as with a foreign state. So I think Texas is going to have a hard time making that constitutional argument. Okay, so Turley comes down that way. I think that's his legal analysis. But the problem for the the Biden administration uh, is that it has really created uh, a, a, an existential crisis here uh, by effectively having an open border. Uh, I think that many judges would be sympathetic to Texas that they have a right to do something. They're being overwhelmed. Even so, I don't. I don't know. If- Barclay, you're not a lawyer, are you a lawyer? No, sir. You don't you just play I'm one on radio. Lawyer. Lawyer. I do. Lawyer. So I don't yeah. know the, the legality of this, but yeah. it is an interesting showdown between the governors of these states well, look, when you put and states, the feds. When you put the states in a spot where they have nothing 
no remedy left. They have. I mean, that that's. Thank you, Jane. Come back to sanity here in this well, last no, segment. I, mean, I think you're going to you do are. it. You're putting states. That's cities, why Republicans love her. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm independent, but um, he, I mean, that's the issue: is you cannot put states in a spot where they have nowhere knowing, to go. Knowing the sensitivity no of this, the Biden administration to move it up when there were probably lots of other ways they could have done it without headlines, without lawsuits, and everything else. That's a real tragedy there. There shouldn't have been. And I don't know why, because they've been getting so many things their way on immigration in terms of an open border. Would they want to kick it in to where they're almost creating a constitutional crisis? I, I, I think that's very feel poor. like I, I, I don't I don't think the president has been very clear about what he wants on the border. Yeah. And I think that lack of clarity is is a problem. I mean, I, I want somebody to say, look, I want. I want legalized well, immigration. You heard the examples of lack of clarity when Mark and I were trying to explain to you yeah, the problem. No, with I Biden. mean, when but you're anyway. talking to your policy people, what what policy, what is your policy here? And I've not heard a strong enough statement to say one way or the other. And so it's it's more like um, it's too big of an issue, so I'm not going to deal with it. I'm not sure what it is, but I don't know where the federal government stands on this. And that's a problem. And two you are strangling these states and cities. You you really are. And, I mean, I'm John Fetterman on this. I mean, you can be a Democrat. You can support people coming into this country. Um, you know, I know that Congress needs to step up to the plate. Now, I did hear, which very much disturbed me, was that Donald Trump was making phone calls telling people, do not do a bipartisan deal on immigration because it'll hurt my election. And I don't like that. I think there is a core group of senators that want to come to a solution, bipartisan, and I think the election politics are getting okay, into but, it. But if he, I'd like to know exactly what he said because I would not. Yeah. Be, don't make uh, a deal. I would, look, I I would not that... be a proponent of a bad deal. How about his, hey, don't make a crappy no, deal he because don't that's going to be bad. The but at least Lindsey Graham, I, yeah, I heard him on the news last and, night. And I thought li- saying, you know, yeah. say, kind of pushing back against that. Yes. Saying, you well, know, I'm we're glad not he taking, is, but there are others taking that are. marching orders from Trump. That would right. be it. Guys, you know, the worst group to immigrate. Is is actually not from across the border of Mexico. It's California. We need to keep Californians right. there because everywhere right. they move, we lose those states. But Steve, in, in all seriousness, this is so confusing to me. And a lot of things in life are confusing. But what is the political gain for your party in, in all of this? That's considering what I'm saying. Where, I, don't, I, I don't understand. I, don't, it. I really don't think the immigration crisis at the southern border should be looked at for a political gain for either party. I mean, you'd have to be blind to say that this is not a huge immediate problem yes. it's a humanitarian problem yeah. uh, to, to think we were talking offline about huge waves of immigration say from 1870 to 1920s through ellis island primarily that we could process millions of immigrants legally into this country with paper with, with paper and pen yeah. right and and i'm like how did we vet that i it if there's a will, there's a way. You've got to be kidding well, me. Well, because there was, there was technology. a process. There yeah. was a process. And right. you didn't and just you climb say, over and fences and be over citizens. rivers. These we people don't necessarily want to be citizens. a process. These people want to be citizens. Well, you know, they want to come here and work. Pay taxes. Those of us that are parents, everybody in this room, if you had your back pushed against the wall and there was nothing else you could do to make a life for your kids, you would do anything I, I, to I, do that. I, just, I, don't, I don't know if we can acquaint this new wave illegal wave with previous ones but but let me make this point and that is is that the this is why you know that the president is not in control i believe that the tale of a administration that is run by partisans or ideologues from the left versus a politician a politician is always going to look for balance 
if Biden was in full control, we would have a balanced policy, I think. But I think this is evidence that it's being run by partisans or ideologues. I don't know who's running the the place. That's the point. I I mean, that's the concern is we don't even have an immigration official coming out saying this is why we're doing what we're doing. I don't think Democrats think this is a great issue. I don't think this is a policy decision. I am afraid that this is an issue that isn't being driven by policy and, and being driven from the top. And that concerns me because, I mean, this is this this can't go on. And everyone knows that it can't go on the way it's going. It's a bad feeling when you know, you know, you're yeah. just guessing who is in charge. That's a bad feeling. All right. So feeling. we have breaking news. Uh, Trump has now been this is interesting. The Eugene Carroll verdict has come in. He's been ordered to pay eighty three million dollars in compensatory better for let's see, damages. Let's see if he has eighty three million since he brags about his oh. money all the time. But Barclage, let, let's focus on that, because the one thing that we do know from the polling is that if you have this is a little different, this was a civil trial. Right. Yep. So you don't have the criminal charges here. But as things may mount up on Trump, does the and this is, I think, what Nikki's kind of maybe hedging maybe on right for, now. Right. So this is going to be one of those things. People aren't going to go and analyze what the real testimony was or the facts of this case. They're going to see the headlines. They're going to know that he had you know, defamed this woman. That's what the jury said here. So does that put a dent into him at all? You know, I used to think so, but we're in a new world. And and the the people get away with things that were never acceptable before. If Eric Greitens, for example, wouldn't have resigned, I think he'd still be governor. Uh, I, I think he was one of the last ones to resign, and now you don't see many politicians resigning no matter what their conduct is. So I actually think it well, plays into it because because Trump is is good at messaging uh, when he wants to be, and you are known. It's sort of like how Trump beat the press. He took the weakest link in the press and called them out and, and, mm-hmm. and took away the credibility of the press. Same thing. The weakest cases against Trump are discrediting the justice system. Well, and here it's going to be interesting because what is this her second judgment against him? Um, I mean, you know, the next remedy for her, he'll appeal, whatever. Of course. That's fine. And he hopes if he gets the Supreme Court, his Supreme Court will give him what he wants. They haven't really done that yet, um, which is interesting. But I mean, I I can't wait for the day. It's no more interesting than the Burger Court or other courts that have been more ideologically out of line for the times. We may be on a woke time. And we have a conservative court, but we've had a very liberal court in a more conservative time. Well, they're still acting like chief justices and justices and still a mystery. Well, that's because they're lifers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in but but wait till she tries to execute. I mean, that's what you get to do. Once your judgment's final, you get to start like taking assets. I mean, that's what I would do if I were her. Let's st- OK. You know, he's going to appeal. But let's assume the appeals fail, which they they might. I mean, jury verdicts are hard to overturn. Like, you got to find something big to overturn a verdict. But, I mean, I would just start executing and just start taking his stuff. Because I'm just telling you, while I don't think this alone is going to do it, I do think that there could be a cumulative sure. problem. I, I think there could and be. And I think— More um, chaos? Yeah. More and it, chaos. But, Jane, that's going to go chaos. back. I think is that's going to— what we want? I don't think so. But th- what's going to happen is then then you're going to—people aren't going to want to go vote for Biden because he's, you know, no. drooling on himself. People aren't going to go for Trump because they don't like him. He's or not they're going to show gonna, up. So, yeah, where are people—if they vote for that's RFK, so what's going to happen? The, no but the Democrats, the Democrats have an to advantage. Say maybe it's time for a third Guys, party. the Democrats have an advantage because Biden will pick a VP, most likely— that everybody's going to know is going to become the president very shortly wait, after wait, wait, the election, Trump or and Biden? that person's going to appoint another VP. So you're going to have two people that did not have to go through a progressive convention or process to get there. Mm-hmm. And so the Democrats are going to have an advantage because they will replace Biden and replace the VP and have two people at the top 
that didn't have to go through uh, an ugly, woke primary. Wait, well, how? Just, wait, you're, you're, like, Barclays, you're confusing me. When is that going to happen? How is that going to happen? At the convention. No, oh, you think no, that- they can't survive the convention. That's why Biden is going to go all the way through the election. And after he gets elected in the first He's year or so, I think he gets out. Well, that's fine. I, and I don't think that that's a terrible scenario. It I could happen. But what happen happens to Kamala? Isn't the fear then no, that— No, she's out. Oh, well, good. I'll, I'll make that <laughs> I don't know how that happens, but and, I'm encouraged by the prediction, David. Let's just well, say I mean, that. You can hold uh, yeah. me on that one. All right. Okay. I, I, I don't I know think how it that could still happen at the convention. I, I, I don't think a woke, I think I think a woke election is different than Biden a woke Biden-Harris convention. on the ticket. It's going to be Biden-Harris on the ticket. I'll bet well, he's saying he's saying that, but, but aren't you saying that? Well, that no, illegal sports betting. We yeah, get in trouble then. Yeah, just for one dollar. Yeah. But yeah. to be clear, you're not saying it's not going to be Biden Harris on the ticket. You're saying after the election. No, I, I'm saying it's going to be Biden and someone else and someone on the else. ticket. Oh, and, and, and then he and, bails. In one to two years, you will have the president, okay, and vice you. president. No, like, what's, the, what's the path? It, how are they going to kick out the the vice president at this point? There's no. You got four months uh, till the convention, they right? Ways That's not going to I think she will graciously Only step she graciously down, spend resigned, time, spend time with her family. Right. I don't know. Look, your smart move is you can't manage Cory Bush and a group of those people in a convention in Chicago. And, and to that extent, the Democrats are making a smart move. Make Biden make it all the way through, appoint a successor that doesn't have to go through the scrutiny of a woke convention, and then let them appoint a VP a year or two or whatever after Biden gets elected. It's a win strategy for the Democrats. Well, that's how it worked in for the Missouri governor and lieutenant governor and Nixon. treasurer. And way and, back when, when yeah. Agner, Spiro Agner yeah. resigned and right. Ford got in and— yeah, I mean, right. it's possible. One final topic here, and I'll start with Steve Butts, and the other two may or may not have an opinion, but we're going to give this a whirl here. Steve's wearing his Kansas City Chiefs hat. <laughs> Go Chiefs. They play against the Baltimore Ravens. This looks like a bit of an uphill battle, but so did last week in Buffalo, right? What do you think, Steve Butts? Are they going back to the Super Bowl? This is a greater uphill battle. It the is. Chiefs will have to play a perfect game. We cannot fumble the ball on the one-inch line. And when there is a loose ball, we're going to fall on the ball like they coach and in high school. And not try to pick it not up, Not try right? to pick it up and run. But, you know, linemen never get to touch the ball, so, you know, you want to do that. But you know, that being said, if they play a perfect game, I still think, I hate to look, say you it, got, Baltimore is the best NFL team right now. They are now. right now, but you got Patrick Mahomes. It's, it's, like Mike, it's like Mike never Tyson. Bet against, never bet right. against Mahomes. It's like Mike Tyson. You know, sort of the perfect fighter. No one thought you could ever beat him, and then he gets unexpectedly beat. I'll say this. You have a coach. You have a dynamic with the leader in in Patrick, and you have a strong defense. And I think it just needed to come together, and we've been seeing the team of late come together rapidly into that regard. Yeah, they're improving. I think they've got everything pointing in the right direction as an oncoming. we got to go. we got to go. we got to go. Jane, you can weigh in in the next hour. You're going to hang out. we got Jane's news as well. Barclay, Steve Butts, thank you. Get more at 971talk.com. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. 
Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.